Hey folks, welcome to Living Truth Radio. This is Pastor Michael Lance. Glad that you're here. Hey, we're in Genesis 35 today, and we're going to look at how God blesses Jacob, but it's going to come on the heels of a chapter where there's all kinds of ugly stuff. There's abuse, there's violence, there's passivity, and yet God still blesses Jacob. You know, God blesses us despite us, and we're going to talk about that on Living Truth Radio in Genesis 35. Stay tuned. At the end of the message, we're going to have some practical uh, application thoughts, and we'll tell you how you can apply this chapter and about the goodness of God. Glad you're here. God bless you. Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Genesis 35. Yeah, I don't know about you, but <clears throat> for me, sometimes going back to a place can bring back some memories and some things that are important to us. Have you ever gone back to visit your old Childhood home, how many of you have done that? You know, maybe the home that you've grown up in? That's really hard for me because I moved 18 times before I graduated from high school. So it's hard to go back there. However, pretty much everywhere we go, we find one of them. My wife's had to take several of these journeys with me. Um, But we tend to, when we go back to a place, we begin to think of our memories. And you know, sometimes if you're wandering away from the Lord, you might just want to go back and visit that place where you first came to the Lord, where you first were really ministered to, where you first realized that God loved you and wanted to have a place in your life. That's not a a bad thing to do at all. Maybe just to sit and think about that, that memory. But you don't always need to do it physically. You can go back there just in your mind. I've shared several times Um, The day I got saved, I was 13 years old, so it was 150 years ago, and and I remember it very distinctly, and I remember walking forward in the church service and saying I wanted Jesus in my life, and the way they did it back then uh, was, you know, if you got saved in the morning, you got baptized at night. They didn't mess around, And, and I can remember that experience um, just like it happened yesterday, and, and ple- pleading uh, or pledging, excuse me, my, my life to the Lord and confessing before men in the waters of baptism. So sometimes it's a good thing to go back to the place where, you know, we, we remember the joy that we felt when we came to the Lord, where we remembered, remembered that our sins were forgiven at that time and we were cleansed and we began this brand new relationship with the God who created us. But more importantly for us, it's we need to return to our first love. We need to return to the person of Jesus. That's what we return to. The second thing we learn out of this is that we need to live there. We need to follow that same instruction. We need to dwell, to remain, to settle in our relationship with Christ. Now, those words are great Hebrew words, but Jesus uses a different word. It's translated um, in, in the New American Standard, abide. That word abide in Greek means to stay. It's great. It's stay in place or relation to. Stay in place or relation to. And in our case, it, it's staying in relation to. Turn over to John chapter 15, if you would. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. 
John chapter 15, starting in verse 4. And I want you to read this with me because it's a few verses, and I want you not to get lost here. So, John 15, 4 through 11. Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that, that you may that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. I didn't count them up, but there's an awful lot of abides in there, isn't there? Now think of that word. That means live, dwell, settle, stay in relation. And Jesus does a wonderful job of explaining that relation and how without that relation, we can do nothing in the sense of this, the world of the Spirit and the realm of the Spirit. So live with him settle there and never 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 leave so the third instruction that jacob was given that applies to us today is worship him it's just simply to worship him what a great example for us now in those days part of the worship was making an altar for us we don't necessarily make altars like that but that altar represented some sacrifice. It could be sacrifice of time, it, you know, in, in many different ways. It can be financial sacrifice, whatever it is. Those are all elements of worship. Worship is not just when we take that time to sing to the Lord, but that certainly is an important time, isn't it? What it really is talking about is our daily habit of spending time with Jesus, reading his word, hearing from him. We read his word to hear from him not just to read it. And then we speak to him in prayer. And you know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes in my quiet time, I can't help but just start singing. I do it quietly. But, you know, sometimes that song comes into your mind when you're in that time with him in that quiet place. And, and so, you know, yes, we can go to the house of God. And I know oftentimes we think of the house of God as this building, but this building is a building. You know why it's the house of God? You know why? Because you're here. You're here. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is dwelling in you. And so when we come together, God is here. And he meets with us. But God is here. He's with you anytime in any place. Now, so if you don't have a special place, I have a special place in my house. My wife has a different special place in our house um, for our quiet time. And, and hopefully you can find a place like that. But if you don't, it doesn't matter. You can spend time with Jesus anytime and anywhere. So Jacob's commands to his family apply to us as well. And, 
if you've realized that, that you're wandering from God, then, you know, it's a good thing to recommit and say, I want to do some acts to show God that I'm serious about this. This is what Jacob was doing. You know, he was just saying, I, I'm not just going to speak. I'm going to do something to show God that I really mean this, that I am serious about this. As, as we say, actions speak louder than words, don't they? So maybe we need to put away some of our foreign gods. Now look, I know you don't wear these things on your fingers or your ears, but you may still have some idols in your life. And I know that you know this, that anything that you place in your life before God becomes an idol to you. And maybe as you're wandering away from God, you realize, I've put some things in front of God. I had a brother share with me today, he's just, God's just doing a great new work in his life. And, you know, he told me, he said, I, I had to put away some music that I listened to. Not necessarily bad music, but, you know, just old music that didn't really edify. And, and he told me he's really enjoying worship music like he never has in the past. You know, he decided to put something away as the Lord was, you know, reigniting the flame in his life. That's not a bad thing to do. Amen. Put away a foreign God. If it's hindering your walk with the Lord, put it away. Is it a hobby you have? Is it your work? Is, is it money? Or is it even your family? And as much as we love our families, we can place our family too high in our relationship. We can place our family before God. We don't want to do that. Then the last thing Purify yourselves, change your garments. Whoa. Well, he kind of explained what that really means, and we need to recognize that sin of this world has a soiling effect on us, doesn't it? I mean, we leave here, you know, Pastor Michael likes to call it the holy huddle. We get out here, and we were at Logan's wedding, by the way, and the church where they did it had a great sign. We were thinking of stealing it, but then we thought, well, that wouldn't be too Christian-like. <laughs> But the sign, big sign over the door as you leave said, you're now entering the mission field. Amen. Oh, what an awesome thing to put on a sign to leave her. Because we come here to get filled up, but we go out in the world and we do get soiled. You know, that's just part of this world. It's going to have a soiling effect on us. So, you know, we may need to change our garments. Maybe we've allowed too much soiling in our life. Maybe we're, we need to put off that, that old man and put on the new man. Maybe we need to have a more of an inner cleansing in our life. Maybe we need to be willing to change an attitude. Willing to change an attitude. We may have an attitude that's soiling our life. Have you many times have you said to your kids, you need to change your attitude, right? <laughs> Maybe we need to change ours. We need to make sure we're putting God first and foremost in our life. And we want to make sure that we're going to be obedient to him rather than serve ourselves. That's what it means. Let's change those garments. Well, let's take a look and let's see how Jacob and the rest of the family did here. Verse 4 says, So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods which they had and the rings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak which was near Shechem. Now, this is interesting. There was no pushback. There was no arguing. They just did what Jacob told them to do. You know, and I think maybe he didn't want to say anything before because he didn't want to hassle it. He didn't want to, you know, get the confrontation. How many times do we not do the right thing because we don't want to confront something? 
But look at the disastrous results that had. And think about this. Think of how different Jacob and his whole family's life would have been had he been obedient originally and forced them to get rid of those gods earlier. Who knows how much difference that would have made. Verse 5, it says, As they journeyed, there was a great terror upon the cities which were around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. Why was there great terror on them? Well, they obviously heard about what had happened in chapter 34. And you know, this is a great example of, of what God does. This was a horrible thing. There's no way to justify what happened in that. There's no way to justify the original sin, but there's no way to justify how they handled the sin. Um, or even how Jacob stood by passively. It was all bad. But as God often does, he took something that was horribly evil and he turns it around for good. You see, he took that awful event that took place where all these people were killed by the sons of Jacob and he uses it to discourage any attacks on Jacob as Jacob is going to make his way to the house of God. That's an amazing God that we have. So verse 6, Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel. Uh, that's what it was called before it was renamed Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan. He and all the people who were with him. He built an altar there and he called the place El Bethel because there God had revealed himself to him when he fled from his brother. Now, what does this mean, El Bethel? It means God of the house of God. And why is this important? Because this is a recognition by Jacob of something we mentioned earlier, that even though God wanted him to go back to this place, what God really wanted was for Jacob to go back to God himself, to the personal relationship he has with God. And even though we may want to go back to a place and refresh ourselves and remind us, the important thing is that God is calling us back to the relationship with him, a personal relationship with God himself. So Jacob says, God of the house of God, recognizing it's the personal God that he's really coming back to more than the place that he's coming back to. Verse 8, now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried below Bethel under the oak. It was named Alon Bakuth, which means oak of weeping. Then God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Paddan Aram, and he blessed him. Verse 10, God said to him, Your name is Jacob. You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. Thus he called him Israel, governed by God. God also said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come forth from you. The land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give it to you. And I will give the land to your descendants after you. Then God went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him. Now I want you to look in here at how God responded to Jacob's obedience. First, he reminded Jacob that all the promises that he had made were still going to be Fulfilled. And in verse 9, it says, God blessed him. 
You see, when we return to God, when we've been wandering like Jacob was, when we're waning in our faith, but we return to God, God blesses us. When we rededicate our lives to him, when we decide to be obedient to him, he blesses us. You know, I found in my life that the more closely I follow the Lord, the more obedient I am to him and not to myself, the more he blesses my life. There is a direct correlation between obedience and blessing. Now, that's not always the way it's portrayed, which is if you're obedient to God, you will get a Mercedes-Benz this year. If you are obedient to God, that new house that you claimed up the street, it's yours. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about. Now, he might do that. He might financially bless you. And I've found many times the more obedient I am to him following his word, the more I'm blessed. But part of that is just following the wisdom that he's given us in his word. But we're talking about spiritual blessings. And the more you're obedient to God, the more spiritual blessing you're going to see in your life. Well, then God reminded Jacob that his name which remember the name represented who he was, had been changed, which he had already told him. He says, your name has changed. You're no longer heel catcher. You are now governed by God. Well, you know, there's other people in the Bible we know that got their name changed, right? You know, who do you think of first? I always think first of, of Peter. Peter's name was Cephas before it was Peter, but... At a certain point in time, when he declared who Jesus was, Jesus changed his name from Cephas to Peter. And then, of course, probably the most famous, we think of Saul, who becomes Paul after his encounter with God, right? His name got changed. There were reasons for this. And again, in Jacob's case, God didn't want him to think of himself as the conniving heel catcher that he'd always been. He wanted him to remember that he is now governed by God. Would you realize that God has given you a new name since you came to the Lord? You really ever think about that? What is that name? It's Christian. It's Christian. That's your new name. Now, you may have gotten another name too. I, I have an uncle who calls himself Timothy too because of an experience that he had with God and that's what he believed God was giving him and who might argue with that but I know this I didn't get another name like that but I know I got the name Christian when I accepted Christ that word Christian by the way means little Christ that's that's what it means and it was actually I don't know if you know this but it was a derogatory term that was used for the early believers other people called them little Christ in a derogatory way. Doesn't that sound like today, you know? Oh, you Christians, you little Christ, you know, because that's what you think you are. It's derogatory oftentimes today in, in a lot of circles. But you know what? Those early believers wore that name like a badge of honor. And we should as well. We've been given a new name, Christian Verse 14, Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone, and he poured out a drink offering on it, and he poured oil on it. So remember, as he came back to the place here, he was told to worship, and this is a form of worship at the time. And the drink offering 
was wine that was poured around the altar as a sacrifice. I mean, obviously, they needed the wine to drink. It was a sacrifice to pour it out, and it was an act of worship. And it's interesting because that pouring out of wine way back then foreshadows Jesus, who is the drink offering for us. How is he the drink offering? By the pouring out, the shedding of his blood, which is represented in communion, right? The giving of his life for us. And you know, Paul actually thought of himself and his life as a drink offering. In Philippians 2, 17 and 18, Paul says, but even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. You didn't know Paul was from, where are you from, Paul Hicks? With you all. Arkansas. I was going to say Texas, but... I rejoice and share my joy with y'all. That's what he's saying. Then in 2 Timothy 4, 6, and 7, he said, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. And I think about that. Do we have that same attitude? Do, do we desire to pour our life out serving Jesus by serving other people as a drink offering? Um. This was a sacrifice that was made. Now the oil uh, that was poured around the uh, altar as well. We know that in Scripture, oil represents what? The Holy Spirit. When we anoint people with oil, we tell them, look, this isn't magic. Um, this is just representing the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? I don't know if you ever really paid attention, close attention to all of the Good Samaritan. We know the main part, but did you know that the first things, anybody know what the first things he did when he came upon the man who was in need? Anybody know? You don't have to say it. Just raise your hand, and I'll call you out if you don't really. Luke 10, 34. When he first came to the man in need, it says he poured oil and wine on the wounds. Wow, oil and wine on the wounds. Now, of course, we know that oil did have some medicinal qualities, and the wine probably was to help the pain, or I don't know if he poured wine on the wounds. That seemed to sting more. Maybe it was to purify. I'm not sure. Um, but the medicinal purposes, it's really a symbolic thing. And you want to think about this. This was a picture of what was needed for us when we were wounded and dying and in need. The blood of Christ represented by the wine and communion was poured out for our salvation and our healing. And the Holy Spirit represented in the Scripture by oil is the provision of the power we need to walk and to live the Christian life. And this was all represented in this little time with the Good Samaritan here. What an amazing thing. Going all the way back to the pouring of wine and oil on the altar. You see, when we determine to commit or recommit our Christ, we need the healing. We need that, that wine poured out. And we need the Holy Spirit to accomplish what we set out to do. You know, Jacob determined to do these things, but we, when we determine to be obedient, when we come back to the Lord and we say, okay, I'm gonna knock off this wandering and I'm gonna follow you, Lord, we've gotta have the power of the Holy Spirit in our life to do it. We aren't gonna do it on our own. It's a great picture of what happens in our life. Verse 15, 
So Jacob named the place where God had spoken with him, Bethel. So house of God and then God of the house of God. Then they journeyed from Bethel. And when there was still some distance to go um, to Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth and she suffered severe labor. By the way, if you want to know, the distance was somewhere between a mile and five miles. It wasn't a great long distance like they'd traveled already. Uh, Rachel began to give birth and she suffered severe labor. When she was in severe labor, the midwife said to her, Do not fear, for now you have another son. It came about as her soul was departing, for she died, that she named him Ben-Onai, which means son of sorrow. About this name, Israel. So his name is heel catcher or conniver Jacob, and then his name is changed to Israel. And, and I'm going to make a case, and I've, I've been making the case as I go along, and I, and I got this from, from a commentary. Um, but Israel is probably best defined as, um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. It's, it's not necessarily governed by God. It's God prevails. God prevails. So think about that name. If Israel is best defined as God prevails, then he prevails over our mistakes. He prevails over our sin. He prevails over our weaknesses. Uh, so I think that's the message of this new name. You'll be called God prevails. God is going to get the Messiah here despite all the mm. dysfunction, despite all the mess mm -hmm. that comes from this patriarchal family that will lead to the Messiah, despite all the shortcomings, despite all the conniving and lying and violence, the Messiah is coming to save people just like them and just like us. God prevails. I like how you said that in spite of ourselves, God still blesses us. Mm. And the thing about that too is that you've taught us before, you know, where God will discipline us, those who he loves. Yes. And that, and that's there, I think, in Genesis 35 as well. Yeah. And so I can attest to that myself is that, yes, I've not been the right husband in so many ways or the right brother or the right son. But God has still blessed me and brought me back and, you know, basically brought me back to my senses. Well, and Oscar, think about it. You know, he's adopted us into his family, not because we're the greatest people on the planet. In fact, he saved people like me and you and Paul and Saul, who became Paul and others, to show us trophies of his grace. Mm. And so I think he delights in saving people like us. And that's why the gospel is such good news to all of our listening audience, no matter if you've been a Christian for a month or 50 years or 80 years, or if you're a non-Christian listening right now, there's hope for you. And I think that's part of what this family of Israel shows us. That, that yes. God didn't cho choose them because they're more mighty than any people or because they were more numerous. Uh, he chose them because he decided to love them. And that's the amazing news of the gospel. God loves you, my friend. God loves me. He showed that love. He demonstrated that love on the cross. And if you've not met Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to come to know him. You don't have to earn your way. You can't earn your salvation. Uh, it is by grace, and grace means unmerited favor. It's a gift. That's what grace means. It's a gift. You don't earn it. And we don't deserve it, but God wants to give it. But you've got to repent and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the Church tab. You can follow us on Instagram, at livingtruthcorona, or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.